Hello, everyone. Welcome to Genealogy Adventures Live. I'm Brian Sheppey. And I'm Donya Williams. Hello, hello, hello. And hope you guys are all enjoying your Sunday, and thank you for, um, for joining us this week. Yes, yes. So this week, we're going to go into something that we haven't done before, and this is this is one of our promises, actually, that Brian and I gave, because um, we wanted to make sure that every everybody would always get a word in, be able to say something, talk about what they're going through. So we've had the upper echelons of genealogists on our show. So now we're going to work with someone who's new and we're going to work with a, a new person. Her, yes, and her name is Nicole Jackson. Nicole contacted me on Ancestry because she, no, not on Ancestry, on Facebook, because she was interested in um, researching and she wanted to get involved and get into it. And even more so, she wanted to actually wanted to know more about it becoming a career for her. So guys, please welcome Miss Nicole Jackson. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Brian, I'm you gonna I'm gonna go ahead because I gotta send this out. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so you talk to <laughs> So one of the ways we like to open up the show, Nicole, is by asking, I mean, how did you what was it about genealogy that hooked you? How did you how did you get into it? All right. So I am a graduate of the University of Maryland. I originally went to Hampton, so hey, Pirates. Um, I went to um, Hampton and um, ended up finishing African American Studies degree at University of Maryland. Um, I have always been interested in my family name, which is Revis, R-E-V-I-S, um, have a deep sense of history and African-American culture. Um, I also have Sankofa actually tatted on me as I do believe in that Grio system. I do believe in finding out your past in order to move forward. Um, in addition, my mom um, passed from cancer. So I wanted to get more research on just the family lineage and, you know, things that are just in DNA. And um, my cousin um, did some research on our family tree and I just wanted to go further and further and so here I am. Yay! Hey, yeah. well, <laughs> welcome to the genealogy club. <laughs> so I guess because this is about the trials and tribulations of being a new genealogist, what was kind of one of the first things that you kind of struggled with or may have tripped you up or you were unsure of? Well, um, you know, we're African-American and trying to find um, pieces of our history is hard. Um, I have gotten all the way back to the plantation, thankfully, um, on where we um, didn't begin, but I guess one of the passages of my ancestral plane was on that plantation. Um, but I can't get any further or I guess any further backwards um, from 1816. Um, it's like the plantation where my family um, landed on, which is Stagville in uh, North Carolina, um, they maintained really good records, but um, we were um, owned by a family previously um, who just didn't maintain good records. Right. And I'm stuck in 1816, don't know where we were before that. So out of curiosity, 1816, what North Carolina County is that? So it's Raleigh. Um, specifically, we were in Fishdam. Um, and actually, no, it's Wake County. Okay. Wake County, yeah. Got it. So when you're saying that there's a lack of, of records, I mean, for instance, were the enslavers, were they dying intestate? Were they dying without a will? So they weren't dying without a will. It's just... Um, I guess from what the plantation is, because the plantation has helped us tremendously on finding a lot of the records mm -hmm. um, and the archives, of course, but um, it just seems as though the whoever owned us before, um, the Benahan Cameron family, just didn't maintain records. They didn't write things down or either that or they were destroyed. I don't know what happened, but right now the plantation is unable to locate any further information before 1816. They're still digging. Um, they did find out uh, that we were from Fishdam. 
they um, have actually found um, um, actual like bricks and things that were left behind, you know, where maybe if they look under the swamp <laughs> at this point, because it is swampland, um, they can find, you know, more, um, more digs, but right now we can't get any further than 1816. Okay. Um, one, one thing that I might be able to suggest is that generation of that family, mm -hmm. see if the, the enslaver's children or the, you know, the recipients of his bequest, his heirs, um, were did um, litigation. See if they were fighting each other in court. Yeah, court records. Okay. Court records. Okay. That's what I was gonna um, was gonna say to you about Mordecai, but because you said it was so, it was later on. But you still may want to get a uh, an idea of looking at his actual financials. You should be able to do that. He probably okay. kept a record of his financials and how he paid out and what he did as far as paying them to to rent your enslaved ancestors. Okay. So that's money that that's also follow the money. That's what it is. If you have details about that enslaver's parents, the previous generation. Yeah. There might be clues within within their probate records for like the, the older generation of your family. Okay. So those okay. are so that's good. I mean, that that is, that is a class yeah. typical stumbling block and um, and barrier for specifically African American researchers. Exactly. Um, but I would also say for for white researchers who also have ancestors who are poorly documented, living in very remote very remote areas. So it's a common it's a common thing. Yeah. Um, so just very quickly, we have our seasoned people, and they are already shooting out info for you. Okay. So Shelly Murphy is saying, did you, um, did the slaveholder sell any of his, of the slaves or gift any of the children? So that was something that you and I were talking about. So why don't you go into that? Right. So, so my family, like I said, is from the Stagville Plantation, um, 1816 on. So I have names of all of my ancestors dating back to 1816. Gilly, who was the, um, who gave birth to Nimi, who gave birth to um, Sam, who gave birth to um, John, and then so on to my grandfather and now to me. Um, we were rented out at one point to the Mordecai family, GW Mordecai, um, but we were only hired out for a year and then came directly back to that same plantation and maintained there um, until 1880, um, when we moved to LaGrange, North Carolina. So the family was never sold off of that plantation. They never left. They maintained the family and just stayed there until after emancipation. So another thing to factor in as well is the surname for your enslaved ancestor that you trace back to the 1816 plantation. Mm -hmm. What was his, what was the, the their family? So here is the tricky part. This is also a part where things get lost in translation. So my family name is Revis, R-E-V-I-S. Mm -hmm. um, so prior to emancipation, we were apparently Mordecai's because we were rented out to the Mordecai family. But we um, were only rented out for a year, came back to the Cameroon um, family, was never named after them. And we kept the Mordecai name up until 1870. And in the 1880 census, all of a sudden we changed our name to Revis. Don't know why. Um, Stagville Plantation says that there was a Revis family that lived directly next to that Stagville Plantation, mm -hmm. um, who of course were white and, and owners, but there's really not much information on them. Um, I can't find anything. I have not gone to the archives in North Carolina because I am based in DC. Um, so that's something that I definitely plan on doing, but yeah. Okay, well, one thing you you may have done this already, but that I, that I would also suggest is looking for anyone with those older names, like the Mordecai name mm -hmm. in yeah. Wake. That might be family because, somewhere. Because mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is basically enslavers got enslaved people through two routes. Um, if you're a man, you're getting it from, you know, you're getting it from your parents. Um, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you're still getting them from your parents. But they're also called their dow dower 
slaves or dowry slaves. Dowry slaves. Women, okay. women coming in, coming, marrying male enslavers who also come from enslaving families are bringing their own enslaved people that they're, that's one of the few things that women could actually own in their own right. So those were their enslaved people. Okay. So your connection might not actually be through the male enslaver, maybe through the female enslaver. So okay. just, you know, just to keep an eye out for that Mordecai name. And I don't, did you say it was Cowan was the, was the other one? G.W. Mordecai. So yeah. um, apparently my great, great, great grandparents lived on the same plantation, lived on the bunk next to each other and married. Um, and again, they just maintained on throughout there. Um, so yeah, I, I'll definitely look into the Mordecai um, family, but um, it was almost as if after emancipation in you know 1870, they kept the name Mordecai, but in 1880, out of nowhere, we're just gonna be Revis. Well, here's a, here's some other <laughs> question. Have you done a DNA test? So I have not. Um, I have one. Um, I've been a little skeptical about doing it. Uh, my grandmother did one. My aunt has done one. I'm going to do one now. Um, and I'm really interested in that because there is an old, I guess, griot story in my family that we're from Haiti. The name Revis is French, so it's not surprising. Um, that came from my great uncle um, who actually just passed. Um, I got some oral history, history from him. He says that his pappy, who would be his grandfather, was from Haiti. But now that I'm going back through, you know, all You're the- You're not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that came from maybe his great grandfather, because that would point me back, you know, further back. But at this point, I'm not seeing that. So I'm really excited on taking that test to just see, you know, if I can find anything that relates back to Haiti. Because well, I, I asked that for kind of a roundabout reason. And I am aware of an enslaving Mordecai family in Halifax and Warren in North Carolina who were, mm -hmm. Sephardic, who were Sephardic Jews. Yeah, so Mordecai. Exactly. Yep. yep. So I was going to ask you if you had already, if you had done a DNA test, was there any trace Sephardic Jewish showing? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've visited the Mordecai. That's actually how I found everything. So um, my family, um, my cousin, who I was explaining to Danya, had done a very detailed um, family tree um, back to my great grandfather um, and found the census record. So that was also helpful. Um, and it said Mordecai. So, you know, years have passed on. I guess things have advanced in, on the internet. I'm just Googling one day. I found the Mordecai plantation. I know we're from North Carolina. Okay, let's go to the Mordecai plant, uh, plantation. Um, I get there. They were looking into some information, but didn't really have all of the pieces, you know, pointing to, pointing to our family. Um, but they did some research and data us back to the Stagville Plantation, which is how I got there, um, which is how they found out that they owned us, at least for that year, while they rented out my great, great, great grandfather to the uh, railroad that was being built, North Carolina Railroad. Mm -hmm. So I've got that information. Okay, well, um, go ahead, Brian, and then I'm gonna get on here again. Okay. Because we got a lot of stuff. Okay, just one quick question. Um, naming conventions in a family can also unlock a lot of clues about earlier, about earlier lines. So have you noticed any kind of name, family naming patterns within your research? Like, like really common first names? So, uh, Sam seems to be a common name, but it's only twice over. Oh. Um, so no, we have a Gilly and Nimi, um, and then I can see um, all of Nimi's children and of course all of uh, Gilly's children, but none of them are really the same outside of Sam. Sam seems to be the only repeating name. Okay. What about with your white family, with the with the enslavers? Do you see any repeating names in that? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any repeating names with that. But again, we stayed on the same. Um, we were owned by the Benahans, who were married to a Cameron. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, married to a Cameron. 
Um, so the marriage is, is what links us to staying on that same plantation. Um, so Benahan, Cameron, Mordecai, back to Cameron, that's it. I think that you might have missed it. <laughs> and the only reason why I'm saying that is because I know that for me and I know a lot of other people, like I think back to when I first started researching, there was so much stuff that I didn't even think to pay attention to, mm -hmm. like the naming pattern that Brian was talking about, or even the fact that those names were actually connecting to some of the people in the white lines. Mm -hmm. So, for example, have you researched the white people in the in? I have not, I not done any research on them. So that's that's my point. You actually might be missing something in doing that. Um, if you because you in order for you to find your family, in order for you to get back beyond 1816, you're going to have to start digging into that white line, those people that did yeah. enslaved. That's I, I will say, um, because they were so well known in North Carolina, I have gone through a few archives. I've really tried to pay attention to, again, like you were mentioning, the financial papers. Mm -hmm. But another big thing um, that is really hard for us newbies is trying to cipher through their handwriting <laughs> yeah. i'm actually translate transcribing now <laughs> yeah so you know thankfully gilly is you know you, if it's in cursive you can kind of make out what it is so but at some point it all just kind of goes into <laughs> exactly exactly yeah well, i may have a little clue for you if gilly turns out to be short for gilliland mm-hmm it's an odd name, but it's actually uh, a mixture of Scottish and Irish, but mostly Scottish. Gillilands were a big enslaving um, Scottish American family in Virginia, mostly in Southwest, almost just over the line of North Carolina. And I noticed that in my enslaved lines that deal, there's Gillilands and there's also a family called Shield. They married Camerons back in Southwest Virginia. Okay. And I noticed that on my enslaved line, every once in a while, there's a boy who will be called Gilly, or that was usually short for Gilliland. Okay. So yesterday I was talking to um, my cousin. She uh, posted something. There, there's something going on now on Instagram. Um, uh, actor uh, talked about Haiti and its dowry um with uh Citibank mm -hmm. and France and so she she posted this blurb about uh Haiti and uh went on to another post to discuss our family lineage and you know I came back to her with all the history that I've found so far and that my cousin has found say you know I'm really not sure how you know all of this is entangled into Haiti um so I did some research yesterday and I did see that the Benahans originally were from Virginia which goes back to what you were just saying. So that everything that you guys are saying is a good segue into these this group because <laughs> they are coming in. So first and foremost, there's an attack on you by, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> by Mr. James Morgan III. He said he closed his video when she said that you when she said she went to Hampton because he's Howard <laughs> University, the real HU. So I wanted oh, to get wow. <laughs> oh no, I'm about to see. <laughs> So yeah, you got all that going on, just to let you know, but you'll see all that later, but to go into, love. Um, yes, much love. Spell, <laughs> spell your, the last name slowly. R-E-V-I-S. Okay. That's so, the spelling, but there are three different spellings apparently. Okay. What are they? R-E-A-V-I-E-S. And R E A V S. No, R E A V I S. Okay. So some of the people are asking you to telling you to check repositories, um, check Freedman Bank records if you have not done that yet. Um, then Michelle Murphy is a great, great resource, and she may be somebody that you're going to end up talking to. The okay, reason okay. why I'm saying that is because I think Shelly is the one that's saying most of the stuff up here right now. <laughs> Love her. She's our cousin. So um, 
You got people talking about multiple name changes, certain things that we've already discussed, but I want to get to Shelly. Um, she was saying, oh no, this is Bernice, another great resource for you. She said, um, read A Mind to Stay, A Mind to Stay White Plantation, Black Homeland by Sydney Nathan. She said the Camerons are in that book. Okay, let me write that down. White Plantation by who? Um, Sydney Nathan. Okay. She said the Camerons are in that book and she did a blog. She's a, um, also does podcasts as like we do. Hers is over video and she does one with that. So I'll make sure that you will have her information. Awesome, thank you. Um, for, for Bernice. Bernice is a very good person. Shelly said, you're going to end up coming back into Virginia. She says, you are not a newbie, first and foremost, because she <laughs> said you have gotten to your enslaved ancestors. I agree with her. Because <laughs> once, you, once you dig into them ancestors, the enslaved ones, you are no longer new, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Those things are different, but <laughs> that's a whole nother yeah. monster. Yeah. Um, she said, you might be new to researching the 19th century. So she wanted to let you know, you're no longer a newbie. Um, she said, and then Bernice wanted to let you know that the Benahans were also in that book. Bernice actually traveled over, I think it was to Barbados. And she saw a lot of different names. One of the names she saw was one of my family names as well. So Bernice is definitely somebody that you know, when you get into these groups there, you can ask them questions, make sure you're in all of the Facebook groups, all of them, as many of them as possible. And then also start looking for Facebook groups that are directly connected to your, right? yeah, to, to where your family is coming from, because they, they exist. And a lot of people don't realize that they actually exist. Oh my God, there's so many white businesses in North Carolina that is just ridiculous. I don't even know where to start. And um, let me see. So then, yes, this is another one. Look for news articles and obituaries from the early 1900s to get a sense for how the surnames were being spelled and worked backwards in newspapers.com. That was a suggestion um, by E.R. Ship. And Bernice has put the link of the book in here. So awesome. Okay. Yeah, she says she's going back to Barbados too. <laughs> well, I, but your name, according to um, to Shelly, you're going to end up going into Virginia for certain. And and the reason why is because North Carolina was founded by Virginia. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. So with that being said, yeah, you're yeah. you're headed right back to Virginia. You're you're going straight to Virginia. Just know that because. Okay. North Carolina, I was just talking to um, my cousin Yolanda today and we were talking about North and South Carolina and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we, I was saying, yeah, because if you Google it, it will tell you North Carolina founded by Virginians. And that's all it says, it just okay. says Virginians. <laughs> so yeah, okay. yeah, that's a, that's, you're definitely going back there. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. So what other, um, I guess my question is, what's one of the worst things that you found that you felt like you, you know, really had to deal with and how did you cope with it? So by trade right now, I am um, in social work. I am getting my master's in counseling psychology. So that's another kind of way I'm dealing with all of this. Um, I got, like I said, my BA in African studies. I really wanted to do something geared towards finding my ancestors, hence me contacting you. So counseling psychology kind of links into all of that and just mm -hmm. um, trying to sane, stay sane while you're, you know, digging up all of this on your family um, and DNA. So probably the most gut-wrenching um, document I have found so far. I didn't really find the plant, the Stackville Plantation um, kind of gifted this document to the family, um, but it had uh, Gilly's name, who would be my great, 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 great 
um, grandmother. It had her name and uh, her daughter's name listed and how much they were sold on the plantation for. So you can see that, you know, in 1816, she was worth $300. And just kind of looking at that number and thinking of, you know, what I do with $300 today, like, and, and just putting a price on life was hard. You're was still hard. dealing with it. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> I can see you're still dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. Um, I thought going back to the plantation um, and standing in those steps and walking, you know, that that farmland was going to be gut wrenching. I also thought when I went back to, I've gone to Ghana, and I thought going to Ghana and going through. Um, the uh, the trail oh, no. that they walked where they took their last bath. The and Doors of No Return? So I went to the Doors of No Return. That didn't shake me up as much as walking the trail of the last bath um, before they got on the boat to go to the um, actual fortress. Um, but I thought all of that was going to be way worse than receiving that document. But after I got that document, that that was that was hard. Wow. Yeah. I don't think you ever really kind of shake that off. I think nope. you get better at dealing with it and in the moment because mm -hmm. you know you have to do the work. So you just right. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say that generally, but for me, I know I have to do the work. I put my feelings to one side, do what I have to do, mm -hmm. and then kind of get into my feelings and kind of have to shake it off. Right. At that point. But, and I think Donnie is going to, Donnie will probably flip on the other side of what I'm going to say um, to, to her viewpoint. The ancestors speak to us, you know, uh -huh. when, we're, when we're in those moments, whether we realize, you know, whether we actually can hear them or feel them. Exactly. You know, they're telling us. Yeah. Know, we're feeling their pain and we're feeling what they, you know, what they went through and endured. Exactly. Exactly. I have never prayed so hard or just been like so clear-headed um, than when I was sitting um, on the beach looking at the fortress in Ghana. Like it was just, I was just so in tune with myself and my feelings and um, why I was there and just, just everything. It was, it was as if they were dancing across my feet, just like getting into my body, into my soul, just telling me like, you know, this is okay. This is what you're supposed to do. Let's move forward. Well, I'm gonna tell you, um... Like Brian, I'm I'm I, I am actually different. And because when I first started doing my research, and, and I wrote this in my book, I actually said that I prepared myself. Mm. And if there if there was ever a moment where a person can become too prepared, I was that person. I got no feeling. Mm. When I, I mean literally, I got I didn't really get a feeling when I first got that email telling me that my great-great-grandmother was um, a slave. I didn't get any feeling when I saw how much she was worth, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. a whole hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't get any feeling. I was expecting it and that was that. And mm -hmm. that's all it was. Now, on what Brian was saying and the ancestors talking to you, she didn't appreciate that. Mm. <laughs> she didn't appreciate she didn't appreciate that at all so she was like okay so i'm gonna make you you know really understand where i'm coming from and she started pointing to different things for me to read and i started reading all this different stuff and looking at all these different things but when she showed me who her slave master actually was mm -hmm. um i was blown by that because this was somebody in history so when we as African-Americans sit in school and we're listening to the history lessons that's going around and we're thinking, okay, this don't have nothing to do with us. Guess right. what? It really actually had something to do with me. And I had no idea yeah. that it did. So I can't sit here and say, I was talking to one of our other cousins and she was saying, um, yeah, they don't teach our history. They don't do this. They don't teach us about us. And I'm like, yes, they do. Oh, it's all and, you, and I said, they just leave you out. Yeah, and that's it. they just leave you out. They they teach you about you. I said because that man was my was my 
uncle. He was a great, great, great uncle or great uncle, whatever he was. But the thing that, even though that dug into me, the thing that dug into me the most was when I learned how much she was worth and what it actually meant. Hmm. So her worth was $1,205 all by herself. Wow. She was a breeder. Ah. And it was at that moment when I learned, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, and I, you know, I was like, wow. So, and it, it had to sit, you know, it had to really sit on me. She, she came in, uh, she came in all areas. Martha is not a gang man. She just came in all directions like yeah look at this read this look at what happened to this young lady look at what happened this look at this learn about this these are these types of women this is that this is how much I was worth this is who I am okay so now I know that there are children out there that I might never find right because her kids were taken sold never to be seen again Mm. and now that stuff sits on me all day every day Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where my flip slide was um going to see Sally Hemming's room. And my brother, my sister, and I, you know, it was a long car car journey to get to Monticello. Mm -hmm. We're kind of, you know, we tried to kind of intellectualize how we were gonna feel about feel about our relationship to her and Mm -hmm. then her relationship within that household. And we were kind of all right until we were shown her room. And then I, I wouldn't say I made the mistake. It was an impromptu thing for me to put my hand on the dirt floor. That was the floor that she walked on. I was, that was it for me. Oh, that, yeah. that was it for me for the rest of the day. Um, I just went into a whole trip. Mm. But I'm glad, I'm glad that I did it. And um, in a way, even though it just sent me on a spiral for the, for the whole rest of the day. Um, yeah. just, to, just to kind of feel that energy and mm-hmm. hear, what, hear, what I, hear what I was supposed to hear. Yeah. So the other question that I wanted to ask you was, let's face it, whether you're an experienced genealogist, intermediate, or you know, fairly new to it, there are so many different records. They are mm-hmm. scattered everywhere. It is right. really tough trying to learn about not only the kind of records that you need, but, the play, but understanding how to search to find them. Mm-hmm. What kind of a process was that for you? Just kind of grappling with the diversity of records, finding and finding out where they were housed. Um, so I've been using Ancestry.com um, and going through birth certificates and death certificates. Um, those always get me the death certificates because, again, I, I mentioned that my mom passed from breast cancer. Um, so just seeing, you know, what my great-grandmother passed from and you know where does cancer kind of lean into our family or or does it does it just is it just a regional type thing you know what is it um but um I love looking at the records um I mean that was my that was my major African-American studies I wanted to be um archaeologist so I love digging through and sifting through all sorts of records um so yeah but again, not the easiest things to um to start tracking down to to figure out where they are. Because again, North Carolina, that off the top of my head, I can think about seven different North Carolina state archives and repositories. Um, Donnie and I are researching our ancestor Moses Williams, who spent part of his life in in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That was like seven different repositories. God only knows how many books. Yeah, you know, archives, you know, archive.org, mm-hmm. medical books. He's medical literally books. <laughs> just like wow. everything. And he had 45 kids. And did, I don't okay. know why, to okay. this point, to this day, I don't know why he's in the medical book. I think the women should be in, mm-hmm. but <laughs> for whatever reason, he's the one that's in the medical book. But he's the one, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But um, so let me go back to the thing. So Shelly said in her words, girl, there is no such thing as being sane. This is an addiction. 
I can get about the most random things now. Like, oh, I didn't think about this. Let me look at this slave ship. Like, let uh-huh. me wake up in the middle of the night. You'd be like, oh, I gotta get this. <laughs> but she said, it's going to be hard. You will see more. Just hang in there. That is why you have to tell the story. She said she found one at $300.50. She mm-hmm. said that sent her crying like a baby. She couldn't get over the 50 cents. Then you have people who talks about the, how they found their ancestors and how their ancestors guided them and in researching the path. And, and you're going to go through all of that. Um, Bernice says, wait until you meet the descendants of the slave owners. So my question is, have you done this yet? Ooh, I have. So reality is going to hit you then. That is, I'm sure it will. Um, I will say when I went onto the Sagbo plantation, well, so two occasions, I went onto the G.W. Mordecai uh, plantation first, because again, our name was Mordecai before it was Revis. Um, I called ahead of time. I said, you know, I think my family was at some point a slave on, you know, this property, like to come and look at it. So they said, okay, um, I came, they were very welcoming and everything, but you know, this is all, you know, Caucasians who are interested in preserving the history and, you know, they are looking into the African-American history and are, you know, paying homage to us, but it's still a different feeling. Um, so it was weird talking to them about my family's history when I'm just like, you know, my family worked this, this plantation, like they didn't own it. They, they worked blood, sweat, tears, you know, this That's is- because they connected it yet in their own mind exactly there was just <laughs> they, they haven't connected it the empathy was there but they couldn't feel what I was feeling right and even when I went to the Stagville plantation you know that was a different experience because they really do um really really want to help um and it's sad um it's kind of a side note but it's sad because with you know everything going on in the times the Black Lives Matter um movement um a piece of the um big house there was burned mm. um so you know I, i'm hoping that nothing happens to that place mainly because these are people who are really trying to help the descendants they're actually trying to put a memorial together for a lot of the descendants who have traced their history back but wow. yeah like just going back and talking to them um and telling our story you know telling them how you know, we have traced our history back to here, it's still like, you still don't get it. Like, this is, this is not where we're from, but, you know, this is a part of, part of my history. Like, this is a random thing. Like, this is deeper than that. Yeah. Um, I have a lady by the name of Judith Hughes who gave a wonderful, this is something else. I'm definitely going to tag you on this. So you can go through these because there's a lot of stuff that I'm not able to read, just reading some of it. But Judith Hughes says there's a wonderful program run by two North Carolina professional researchers at the North Carolina Archives each year. It is called Tar Hill Discoveries. Um, She said also check the university libraries in the area. They often have family connections um, that have early documents. And that is very true. Uh, Dolores Hugo's on Facebook. What's the name of her Facebook? Because she's like one of the queens of North Carolina's um, African American research. Um, <laughs> I will, Nicole, Nicole, I promise I will find out the name of her Perfect. Facebook group Thank you. and I will share that with you. Thank she, you. She, is, she is a phenomenal resource for North okay. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Let's see here. They want to make sure that you're visiting cemeteries. Have you done that yet? Yep. So I um, have been calling cemeteries. We have a family uh, cemetery where um, my great grandfather uh, was buried and so forth, but um, nothing prior to that. So I have started to call around to the local cemeteries. and uh, do some research on cemeteries that are no longer there um, just to see if the name Revis pops up. Okay. And all of its spellings. <laughs> Bernice says that you should connect with Michael Williams because he is a big Skaggsville, Skaggs 
Bill researcher and he's on Facebook as well. Michael Williams. Okay. So Michael Williams is his name. Um, oh, that Facebook group is called I Found My Enslaved Ancestors. Ancestors. Yeah. That, that's the one. Okay. So we'll definitely share all of that with you as well. Um, we have one person who actually says she's she loves this. She says, I haven't gotten to the point of finding a the enslavers of my family because I've hit a brick wall trying to find my father. So she, this is, that's what I was trying to tell you. This is why we, you know, got you on because sometimes you may be able to help someone who's not as advanced as you, but you're still where you are, you know? So yeah, yeah that, that is awesome. But you, um, oh God, the question just left my head. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I'm getting old. Did you know? God. This happened in my community out there. Like, you know, um, Donnie, you and I were talking about this before um, when I first contacted you that, you know, it just seems like Henry Louis Gates is the end all be all, but he's not. There are so many more genealogists out there who are African Americans who are trying to do um, work that's important out there. And I think it's important that it's just pushed you know, to the max, and it's, it's just not. And I'm glad you said that, because that's where my question was going, because because <laughs> you want you want to know more about a career in this. So I want to lead into that and you getting into the career. What is it that you want to do as far, like, if you, are you, like, for example, we have one cousin named Carolyn who does something called reparational genealogy. So basically... <laughs> She goes and she will do genealogy for any African-American. She's going to go, she's going to do it, and it's for free. Nice. That, you know, because she's like, we kept you kept your, your history. Now it's time for us to give it back. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's basically, that's in so many words, that's how she does that. So do you have a direction that you want to go as far as genealogy is concerned be told um by heart i am a writer i started off at hampton <laughs> as a journalist in nature um, <laughs> and i i am um an avid writer so i i just want the stories to be told mine uh theirs you know whoever it wants to dig deeper into this i want those stories to be told um my husband um, is in film. Um, that's one of the reasons why we kind of got together. I was an intern um, for him um, because I wanted to do documentaries on African American studies. Um, so eventually I would like to write, you know, something that kind of dives into the new genealogists um, trying to find the family and just going back and telling those stories. <laughs> said every, everyone has their def different emphasis. I mean, Donnie is doing a wonderful job researching what's called the old 96 in South Carolina, in Edgefield in particular, mm. because that really is one of the, that one part, that one part of the uh, South Carolina colony really influenced American history. Um, Without a doubt. A lot, of, a lot of that's been untold and, you know, that, that's Donnie's love and her, one of her, her focuses of research. Mine is kind of back in Virginia, in Jamestown. I want to tell the the true and kind of multi-layered, complicated early history of the Virginia colony between mm -hmm. Native Americans, Europeans, and Africans, how they were all mixing and how that knowledge seems to have been lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, education really is lost. big. I think, I think, for example, I think that because we don't know about our own families, you know, we weren't able to sit in in class and say, oh, okay, I see, I see me, because they kept me out of it. Even though, guess what? I was frightened. Like that was the that was the craziest part for me to be able to find that particular picture that was in so many history books. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you my great great grandmother guided me to that one particular person, because she was owned by three people. Mm. And um, she was owned by the father, the son, and then a possible cousin. Okay. And so when you're doing your research, you're gonna automatically do either the first one or the last one. You damn sure ain't gonna start in the middle. Right. You know, you won't do that, but that's what she made me do. 
That was the first. I mean, I literally just said, boom, okay, let me go and um and put in Preston's name. Because I was like, who is this? And I just Googled Preston Brooks, and there was the picture of Preston Brooks and him beating Charles Sumner with a cane. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this, I know this picture. Hold up. And I looked again and I'm like, get out. This is the picture in the in history books. This is Charles Sumner. This is the abolitionist that everybody learns about in school. Everybody learns about this abolitionist. No one learns about the man who actually did the, the overall beating. They just said he was beat. I don't remember to this day, and I could be wrong, but I don't remember them saying his name in school. It was more so about Charles Sumner. And that was it. So to see that and look, and I'm like, well, dang, I was sitting in school all this time. Looking at, you know, my history's not being told. Well, guess what? This was my first introduction to African American history, quote unquote. Right. And American history, quote unquote, being put together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, so it's no difference. Mm -hmm. And I started to get that more and more and more and started to learn. We can't be without the other. Right. We can't, you know, one of us, this had to happen for this to happen. Exactly. And you can't keep that out. Mm -hmm. So the more I started learning that, the more I started, you know, digging in and just really learning more and more about South Carolina and Edgefield and Abbeville and the old 96 and how they played such an unbelievable role in the reconstruction of America. Cause we got to realize, you know, after the civil war ended, America had to start over again in so many words, right? If, you know, and they were trying to make it fit for everybody now. And because they were trying to make it fit for everybody, guess where a lot of that stuff came from? From. it was the old 96 these people were making all of these things and then the guy that we're going to talk to next week he actually talks about the compromise of 1877 which stopped the reconstruction period so and and where did it happen south carolina right there in that area of Edgefield. you know so i'm like i knew it i knew this place was something special and people need to know that you know it's it's crazy but because the kind of genealogists that we are, we're also public historians. And you know, you gave a great example about history class in your school. My school system in Connecticut, I grew up, I had met, the first time I had learned that there were free people of color in America or the American colonies, I think I was 32. I think it was wow. 32 years old before wow. I was like, because basically all we were ever told was black people were slaves. And that yep. was. There was no other history attached to it. Or like when we had Chief Lazondo on the show, saying that, you know, in terms of South Carolina, right. the division was, if you weren't white, you were black. It didn't matter if you were in like subcontinental Indian, Middle Eastern, yeah. Mongolian, it didn't matter. If you weren't white, you were black. And it made sense so much because if you ever um, watched the, the 50 Cent, when he did his DNA on VH1, did, did, had you seen that? Okay, well, you can always Google it. But there was a lady who told him that he didn't know his history because she was talking about the Mongolians. And he's looking at her cross-eyed like, chick, I ain't no Mongolian. <laughs> you know, he just, he right, just right. looked at her. She was like, he's, she said, yeah, see, you don't know your history. But when the chief came on and made that comment, I was like, oh, wow, this makes sense now. Now I see why this was like that, because if you weren't white, then you were black. So, you know, and, and that was it. It didn't matter anything else. So, yeah, that was that was an amazing that was amazing what he said. But there are a lot of people. Um, Shelly said for you to contact Renette Yarborough Sanders. That's another person. She does um, a talk on Saturdays about North Carolina. Okay. So that actually, so we're going to get you, you know, definitely try to get you into contact with her. Okay. And um, let me see. I do want to give a big nod to DCPS 
um, because like you guys were saying, you know, just coming up, um, you know, you weren't privy to that information or had to do a lot of reading in between the lines. You know, growing up in DC public schools for me was the complete opposite. I was in a school that was primarily African-American in the 80s. And instead of seeing the national anthem, no, we sang the Black national anthem. Wow. Um, I grew up saying the Black Panther 10-point program. Like, I, I grew up reading, the first book I read was The Miseducation of the Negro. So I grew up having that sense of pride, but then also being able to read in between the lines of where my history lived in those books and having teachers say, okay, now let's dissect this. That's a big nod to DCPS and a lot of the uh, teachers that, you know, I was raised by in the 80s because... They, they and I mean, definitely, you're definitely, you're definitely right about that because I mean, I was here up until '84, and I was in a Catholic school, and there was more. I learned more about African American history with them than I did when I moved to Virginia Beach, mm. and I was then in a mixed school. Yeah, you know, I I was pretty much it was mixed at that point, but the history changed so much, and that was another thing. Who was it? Brian, who were we? I think you and I were talking to someone and we were talking about how the education system and how most of the books are done in Texas. So Texas, or was it, was it something on Loki's thing? No, it was, a, it was one of our really early shows. Yeah, how the, the history books, they're talking about how they, those history books, they rewrite, that was Tim Wise. And and they rewrite. I think that's one of my skits. <laughs> and um, they rewrite the history to make it fit what they wanted to say. So, for example, like when in Texas and they did that that crap about um, enslaved people were made it look like they were paid. They called them servants. They called them sir. Yeah. Servants. Yeah, like they were paid, and and I'm looking at it, and when I tell you, I got so heated from that that I sent so many messages to them. I got a response back saying, "Well, we're we we understand, we apologize," and then also stating how they were going to make the changes online. And I'm like, "Okay, you can make the changes on your online book, but you need to take that crap out of the, the you yeah. know that you got in school systems and start over again because that's wrong. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen." So now we have history books that actually give that perception of they got paid. My great great grandmother did not get paid, you know, and that's all that I can look at. My great great grandmother did not get paid. She's the one that made me see all this stuff. So now, now that I see this stuff, I have to protect her. Right. And that's that's how I look at it. I have to protect her, and you you're not doing your part, and this is wrong. So yeah. Um, you, it, that is it's the just amazing. Being a voice. Hmm? That is the exciting part uh, to the piece, just being the voice. Right. Those who didn't have that opportunity. Right. They've been silent so long. It's no, it's not, it's, it's, that's enough of that. It's enough of them being silent. I, I don't have time. And I love it when somebody come to me and tell me, oh, why are you bringing up the past, blah, blah, this, this, that, and the third. We shot, I shot one guy down and I said, do you talk about your... Your grandparents, do your children know their, their grandparents or their great-grandparents? Mm -hmm. No, they don't know them. I'm just like, do you talk about them? Do you tell them about them and, and things like that? And it's like, of course I do that. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, well, I'm talking about my family. Mm -hmm. What else can you say? Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing else. And he didn't say anything else. Because mm -hmm. he couldn't. Because just because my great-great-grandmother was a slave doesn't say that. It is nowhere in there that says that I can't talk about her right nothing i can teach i can tell my children well this was your great 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 grandma this was your three times great grandmother this is what she went through blah 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 there is absolutely no difference in that than exactly. you talking about your great parents your great grandparents and telling them and explaining to your children what they did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um wow the show is almost over it is and I just lost it. There was um, I just saw a really good question, and I can't, I can't find it again. <laughs> someone said it's also been said that our family. Oh, this is I think this is someone who's related to you. 
Karen Revis. Okay. She said, um, it's also been said that our family has Native Americans in our family. Can you speak about that? Yes. So um, that is our brown side, not our Revis side, though. So my great grandparents, um, my great grandfather, uh, John Revis, married Nanny Brown, um, who is from Virginia. And Nanny apparently has um, a lot of Native American, I think it's Navajo, um, in her family. Um, and actually, um, to that effect, on the brown side, I follow someone on Ancestry.com who has dated that side all the way back to the American Revolution. And I think a little bit before that. So the brown side has got it down pat. Um, I haven't been able to speak with this man yet. I keep losing him. I don't know why, but he is on Ancestry.com, which has been helpful. Um, and again, that's just been a godsend too, just, you know, being linked to people and, you know, just right. typing the name and saying, okay, how do I know you? Are you my cousin? Like, for real? I don't know. If your Browns came from either Verina in Henrico County, Virginia, or Charles Eddy <laughs> County, mm -hmm. We're we gonna might be family. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know I, Brown, Brown is such a hugely common name, but I do have two Brown, Native American, European, African uh, ancestral lines. So one's coming out of Verina in Henrico okay. County, and the other one's coming out of Charles City County. Okay. Okay. I haven't done um, as much research on the Brown side, mainly because the guy, I mean, he basically laid it out on Ancestry, um, but Revis has always just been that name. I'm just like, ooh, I gotta know more about y'all. <laughs> and, it, and it's your brick wall, you know. Yeah. Like, you you want to smash through that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, you. for, you know, for being on the show and giving, giving us just, um, as far as the just briefly, as far as become getting in, like I said to you before, mm -hmm. there is, and I'll have to, that's with, with Brenda Garrett. Um, she did a post about possible, uh, what am I saying? She did a post about possible scholarships right. that are right. available. Yeah. And um, as far as becoming a genealogist, and then there's another person, her name is, it slipped my mind, but I will definitely get with you on that to try to get that information to you so they can talk to you in, in, in depth a little more. Um, I believe Bernice put names out there like Linda Bug. That's another person um, that you can look at. Um, and and Shelly Murphy and Bernice, both of them are good people to talk to about as far as going into and making it a possible career for you because it's 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 there and it is it's it's awesome and we need more African Americans doing it. Yes. It's yes. like you said, it's it's not just Henry Louis Gates and I have my issues. <laughs> well I mean, my, my my kind of two cents on this one is we are not a monolithic people, even though many of our you know, enslaved African-descended ancestors shared the same kind of trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. They had different experiences um, right. that, that literally ran the gamut. Not all of them worked on great, huge, grand plantations. Exactly. If anything, the majority of both my mother and my father's family that were enslaved worked on very small farms. And right. actually their enslavers were right out there working the fields with them. They were literally mm -hmm. extra hands to get that job done. But then we have, you know, the James Henry Hammonds and the, the Brooks family and, you know, the big families in, in South Carolina who did have those stereotypical huge, you know, plantation houses with thousands of acres and hundreds, if not thousands of enslaved, enslaved uh, souls. Some of our ancestors were, were enslaved by Native Americans, um, like Angela Walton Rogers, her, her area of research, you know, in the Midwest. That was probably a completely different enslavement experience mm -hmm. in other parts of the country. Right. You know, as Donia said, as many voices as possible, everyone kind of contributing and, and supporting each other and, and really getting that, that kind of history 
and that knowledge out there. To me, that that's what's really important. Right, definitely. Well, thank you again for being on the show. It is five o'clock and we would like to thank everybody for definitely um, tuning in. We got a good crowd out here, a lot of questions answered, things of that nature. I definitely will be tagging you on it. So if you missed anything, um, some links in there for you as well. Um, Brian, you wanna? I'm gonna quickly say our guest next week is a gentleman called Loki Mulholland, and he has a documentary called The Uncomfortable Truth. Is that on Amazon Prime? Don't Amazon you? Prime, yes. I highly recommend watching it. It's called The Uncomfortable Truth, Loki Mulholland. Um, and a lot of it is about, that is the one that's about his mother who was a freedom. No. Oh, no. So his, the one about his mom is the ordinary hero. There are three. Yes. We're going to give out homework for you guys for this week because y'all got to get on top of this and look at his stuff and get ready and be prepared. He's awesome. He is. Yes. So without further ado, thank you so much for sharing part of your Sunday with us. I'm Brian Sheppey. And I'm Donya Williams. You guys have a great day. And thank you, Nicole. See you thank next week. Thank you.